are now tuned into the game. We are the gentlemen advance. Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEB, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution, where evolution is revolution. What the deal, my good brother? What's up, my guy? And out here, out here, out here just trying to make it happen one day at a time, baby. Hey, man, that's all we one can One day take. at a time, man, one day at a time, man. We you are know. almost at the end of 2022. Yo, this joint is crazy, man. Like 2022, for real, for real, man. Like the top of the year seemed like a lifetime ago. Yeah, for real. And I think, bro. And I think we were still holding our breath because you know the last two years, we we didn't know what to expect. So it's like, yeah, we celebrating that we made it, but what did we make it to? Yeah, man, because I, 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 the jury's still out on that question for me. <laughs> but I don't know what the hell we made. I guess, I guess, I guess I'm a survivor. We call, you know, we surviving, but what we surviving for is the question. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, right, like a lot of the things, life continues to happen in addition to everything else that was happening, right? And I think if we take a few moments and we separate the craziness of the pandemic and then life's still happening, right? If we separate the two, I think we can slowly but surely begin to process and feel the things that we're supposed to feel. But I think we are, I know for me, just continuously in this space where you're still feeling the pressures because we technically aren't out of the pandemic. Nah, man, they talking about uh, reissuing mask uh, mandates in some a- areas of the country right now. Because of, yeah, because of the numbers mm-hmm. going up, plus the flu, yeah. plus RSV. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I think we're going to be in this space of a pandemic for, for quite some time. It may not be as raging as it was in 2020 and 2021, but that's where we are. And then, you know, still constantly trying to mentally process just life lifing, right? Like knowing that, you know, um man out of a born man born of a woman um is sure to die and his days are supposed to be full of trouble. But it, it's like, all right, right? Like I was checking in with checking in with, you know, with you all doing my gate checks and just the brothers was talking about, you know, challenges and issues at work and Challenges and issues with relationships and challenges and issues in the house, challenges mm-hmm. and issues with, you know, raising children and then family relations and just just challenging issues with life, bro. And it's hell, man. Hell, that's you said brothers as in plural. But shit, that all that you mentioned was the gate check conversation you had with me, my nigga. <laughs> like for real. I went, I said, wait a second. I said, wait a second. Man, him to had all these conversations, man. But you're right, you know, if it's parenting, co-parenting, relationships, love found, love lost, man, the job, like it's just been it's just been a lot from all different kinds of directions, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think one of the pieces, like that book, that book we read uh, last month, man, Life Visioning, mm-hmm. Life Visioning, man, like 
it was some real gems in that book that's giving me like a, a different perspective and a way of thinking, especially that concept of, um, you know, trying not to play the victim as if the world or the universe is like out to get you or attacking yeah. you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I think a lot of the attacks, especially if it comes from people, because mm-hmm. most, and, and let's just say people are the catalyst for most of the bullshit that's going on in the world right now. <laughs> if it's the environment, <laughs> if it's war, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it's politics, like, People is people is the people is the cause of all the fuckery, man. Human beings, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But I think a lot of times, all of the thing, all of the negative aspects that come from people peopling, yeah, is driven based on from fear and ignorance. Like, because I don't think people that smart to like maliciously come up with a game plan to attack Kevin Holmes. On a on a day in and day out basis, right? But if it but if if I'm interconnected, mm. you know what I'm saying? If I'm interconnected and and we are one as a as a people, as a as a as a human race, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna be impacted when people people. Facts. Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so and so like I'm trying to look at it from that perspective. But so I say, all right, well, you know, it's not the universe that's out to get me, but like some of the things we've been talking about before, just man, really managing my, managing my relationships yeah. with people and, and how those relationships impact me, man. So, you know, I've been, I've been doing a lot of time, uh, since the holiday season has, has started, especially when we have some downtime, I really just try to sit back and reflect on like, yo, man. At the end of the day, man, the last three years has taught me like ain't no year gonna ever be like the year. Remember that was the joke when we first started started a podcast, man. Like, yo, this gonna be our year. Yeah. This gonna be our year. Boy, were we wrong? Yo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, um, I, I I'm I'm really just trying to take advantage of the downtime and, and really just think because, as you mentioned. It's just, it's like volume, like the vo- like the volume of bullshit is just is just increases is running rampant right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, I I appreciate the fact that um, I have at least had the wherewithal to to really just try to feel and process like a lot of the wild shit that's happening. Yeah, you know. And you know my my role in in certain situations, and what what I uh, should not accept or tolerate. Uh, how I could be better because you know what what role did I play in mm-hmm. a situation? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And then at the same time, trying to learn and like not have a, a hardened heart towards people, and and forgive them. And 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 forgive myself in the process because a lot of times, man, we've been talking about like detaching from people, and I think we got to detach from people to preserve our mental space. Yeah. But I also think like it's another book I'm reading um, about empaths and and healthy relationships. Empaths, you know what I'm saying? Because as you know, man, I I got uh, a wide variety and assortment of relationships that have been uh, very traumatizing and difficult as of late. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um 
one of the things that they that uh they say in the book is like uh when you shut down and connect from people and disconnect from people as an empath it's healthy but you also can't shut down to the point where you shut your heart down yeah because it's it's through it's through your ability to feel into love you know that's that comes from the main source. That comes, that's God. That's God body right there. And so when you shut down your heart, you shut down a piece of your spirit, which is how we are designed to be here in the first place. Yeah. And so it's almost like counterproductive because you you say, all right, you need a we need a break from the bullshit, but then you get to the point where you 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 become a cynic, mm-hmm. or you become. Uh, you become recluse because it's like, yo, you don't want to be bothered, but that's also part of like how you re-energize and how you feel connected and how you, how you receive and feel love too. And I think it's, it's, but it's it's a tough balance, man. Cause I feel like people see my heart and they want to stab it. And that's what I was (laughs) going to say, right? It's, it's balance. And the balance is our form of protection, right? As an empath, I don't think individuals understand how emotionally draining it is, right? We didn't choose to be empaths. Yeah. And those that have that ability and and can tap in and lock in on it, we have to be able to have these protective measures, boundaries or barriers, because if not, it's it's self-destructing. It, it is, and you, and then you become you become your own worst enemy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and that will also influence how we show up in other spaces and places. And so, that was that's a good point. Like being able to protect yourself, disconnect, but don't harden your heart. Like mm-hmm. being able to know when it's time to get out of the pool. Cause the lifeguard needs a break, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, when he when the damn lifeguard blow the whip, man, the kids never want to get out the pool. I'm like, yo, they out here baking yeah. in the sun, man. Like, give them, they give, need some water. They need to be hydrated. Give them a switch, right? And yeah. so, I think, and and that's that's an important thing that I think we need to start taking into consideration, because oftentimes situations will be whistles that are blowing, and we need to take heed to the whistle. Um, to give us that break, to give us that opportunity to to process and to recharge and regroup. Because when you when you have that balance, life doesn't tire you out unnecessarily. But you're going to you, be you can you can conserve your energy yeah. and, and direct your be intentional with the energy that you're putting out. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm very I'm very intentional with the spaces and places and the faces. Right. Like I, I don't go everywhere. I don't mm-hmm. accept everyone's invitation. Just because you say it don't mean I'm going to do it. And every phone call that comes to me is not a phone call that's for me. Right. And so filtering calls, I don't talk on the phone that much anyway. So if I called, people know, oh, shit must be real. And that's not to say I'm not going to answer the call, but you got to be able I told my cousin the other day, I'm like, yo, every time you call me, there's a problem. You never call to ask if I need anything, if I'm good, Mm -hmm. or just to check in. Like, 
for GP. It's always you have a problem and then there's a need. And then they just got real quiet. Yo, but but for real, man, like I admire you from ha- for having that conversation and stating that. Cause like that's something I've been kind of working on in therapy sessions or whatever, like being able to have those kinds of conversations, like real conversations without feeling guilty. Cause I I know, I know that I know like the I know the conversation won't be interpreted in the right way because if, if you're constantly if you're constantly picking up the phone to address said problem from said individual mm-hmm. and it's always the same thing, then part of it is like, are you answering the phone out of obligation? Are you are you answering the phone out of love? And if you're answering the phone out of love, then it should be like a level of understanding or respect on the opposite end to not like not dump on you. But and yes, I will say yes. And I will say that a lot of individuals are just not aware. I'm learning that. They're just not aware and it's it's not intentionally they're just oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've been working with all of my clients, my my singles and my couples is how do we increase our awareness, emotional awareness, situational awareness, spiritual awareness? How do we become aware with what's happening? Right? Like I started doing a thing. If, if I, if, you call me and I answer the phone and you immediately jump into conversation. I'll hang up. <laughs> and I did it to one of my friends three times. I said nothing. I, I, I answered it on speakerphone. You, you won't even believe blah, blah, blah. Clicked. They called me back, man. You must be in a bad service area. I was like, Hello. What's up, man? Can you hear me? I'm waiting for a proper greeting. Right? Like, don't just assume that I'm in the space to be um, your dumping ground. Like, honor the person on the other end of this phone. Hello. How are you? How are you in a space to talk? I need to talk. Are you in, like, check in. People don't, they're, they're not aware that, oh, shit. Maybe they have stuff going on too. Mm-hmm. It's not always about me. Yeah. I need to be aware of what, because everyone is dealing with stuff. Everyone, even if they don't tell you they're dealing with it, right? And one of my one of my mentors, he's a minister. He 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 did a prayer workshop, and he said one of my prayers is, you know, God help the people that are dealing with things that they never reveal to others. And then he was like, think about how, how much you go through on a day-to-day basis that you don't share with anyone. And how that prevents you from showing up in spaces that you really want to show up, but you, you got this thing on your, on your shoulder. Man, that's been my damn 2022 in its entirety. Yeah, like, I'm going to show up, but like, in the back of my head, one, I really don't want to be here. Two, I'm still navigating grief. I'm still processing this, right? Like, Hell, we're still processing what the hell happened in 2020. But I'm going to show up. It's a celebration. I'm going to smile. I'm going to take pictures. I may take some shots. I may cheers. And then I'm going to go home 
in my solitude and I'm 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 going to I'm going to be even heavier because I forced myself and I exerted all this energy that I could have used to take care of myself, right, to show up for other people. And we have I think we we unconsciously take on these unspoken expectations. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, we've talked about this several times before, but people we we know that people will place expectations on you based on based on what they think you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to handle certain things or I remember someone checked in with me and here lately my spirit of discernment has been strikingly high like it's unnerving at some points mm-hmm. and in the middle of the conversation I said what did you call for <laughs> and they was like whoa it was like, I was calling the check. I was like, you're not. You're not calling the check. What is it that you really called me for? No, I was making sure you was good. Uh, such and such told me you weren't feeling well. I was like, man, he didn't even let me know. I was like, what do you need? Then I eventually got to it. I said, so you weren't calling to see if I was feeling better. You you were calling to see if I was feeling well enough to help you with To meet shit. your need. <laughs> Slick, very slick. That's yeah. very slick. Yeah, man, I'm yeah. just making sure you're good. No, you just want to make sure that I'm good enough to help you out in that space, in that situation. Um, because in their head, the expectation is, oh, well, you know, he got the tools. <laughs> he got the resources. He can figure mm-hmm. this out. Like, mm-hmm. whatever problem he's dealing with, he good. He got he got the support system. Like, mm-hmm. I, I need somebody to talk. I know he... He ain't feeling well, but like, let me just make sure he he ain't like he could thug it out, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's he, what he he always does. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> and so we have these expectations, and it's normally from people that are closest to us, yeah, or people that we allow to be close to us. Um, family. I had to check a few other people. Like, if I say I'm not feeling well, what do you want? Oh, do you think you can? What part did you not hear? The I'm, the not feeling, or the well. <laughs> <laughs> and and now, now I'm showing up as an asshole yeah. because I didn't do what you wanted me to do, and I'm damn near – I got the R. Kelly See, Cooper. Bet. I got the R. Kelly Cooper here. I'm out here fighting for, fight for my life. life. <laughs> And so I, I, I literally had to, you know, dial it back and I, I stopped taking phone calls, bro. Like, but see, I admire you though, brother Jay, I admire you. This is why, because like, you know, you know, it's unrealistic expectations out there amongst people. Right. And, and you are at least diligent and trying to remain consistent of, you know, having those conversations and really getting to the meat of some shit. If it don't look right. Mm-hmm. Me, I'll, I'll, I'll Martin Luther King that joint <laughs> and turn the other cheek all day long until one day I just realized, like, I just got the, sh- the, the shit slapped out of me and I ain't Chris Rock, man. Everybody catching the clip. Mm. 
right? And so I, I don't have, and I think we talked about it before. Like I don't have like the the the, the filter mm. or the buffer. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, to have a calm conversation. That's what da 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 da. Because if I say something and I don't like the response that's coming from the other person, and I feel like I'm trying to like protect myself or defend myself, and I feel like they're not acknowledging it, then 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 that shit just send me through the roof, man. I done cussed, I, I done cussed out a lot of mofos this year, bro. Fair. I done cussed out a lot of people this year, man. A but, lot of but people. But I think you know? in that space, right? And this is I'm gonna I'm give you a tool. I know this yeah. ain't even what we're supposed to be talking about. But I'm gonna give you a tool. <laughs> um in that space, when you're having a conversation and you are in the calm space, I always tell myself, if it takes me away from my peace, then I need to move away from it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if I'm at peace and I come to you and I'm having a conversation and you instantly escalate it or you, like, if I feel like I'm not being heard, I'll stop talking. And I remember... One of my older cousins said, don't let him get quiet. Because when he gets quiet, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I'm going to flip out. I will disengage. I will yeah. remove myself and you will no longer have access to me. So if I'm coming to you in a calm situation and I'm saying, hey, this is what I'm experiencing and this is what I'm feeling. And then you flip it and you want to be the victim all of a sudden. You're going to be the victim by yourself. I will politely stop talking. I'll end the conversation and you will lose access to me. Like I'm not giving no explanation. I'm not sending a 30 day notice, no warning. I got people blocked in my phone. And I was like, man, I haven't heard from such and such. And then I looked, I was like, man, I <laughs> you didn't realize you had blocked. Him. I looked, I was like, oh, <laughs> and then I remembered when I blocked them, like yeah. 2020. Bro, you better than me, brother Jay, because I'm I'm still I'm still trying to I'm still trying to master that skill, man. Because it took me a while I, to get here, though. It feel I feel better I feel better after I didn't cut somebody out, even though I know like damn I was probably wrong, but I feel better because mm. I feel like I feel like I've I've taken I've taken I've taken enough from this person. Mm-hmm. You got to catch a clip. <laughs> But that that's tiring, and that takes so much energy. Because after man. you do it right, you got to go lay down. You got to sit. Down. Oh yeah. Oh oh, I'd be exhausted. Man. It'd be like the Incredible Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I don't hulked up, man. I don't, my, my my pants is torn. My shirt ripped. I busted out my shoes. And then when I calm down, I wake up as Kevin Holmes or Bruce Banner, man. And I got holes in the walls. I done fucked up something. <laughs> but, and nine times out of ten, it's my own shit. <laughs> and you, you try to figure out what the hell. Nigga, man, I'm telling you, bro, it's an everyday struggle, man, dealing with folks, man. And then the thing is, everybody got an opinion about something, man. Like, speaking of opinions, like, what you think about the Deion Sanders situation, man? You know, like, at the end of the day, I feel like with Deion Sanders and his move from Jackson State to Colorado, University of Colorado, man, I really do think I'm a subject, a subject matter expert with what Deion is going through and what went through his thought process to make that decision. I'm just pissed because the same people that we normally talking about is the same people that's talking shit about Dion. Like he's he a sellout. He sold out the black community for leaving Jackson State to go to a PWI. And he sold he sold out his people to get a bag. What else did I hear? Uh he was never sincere. He was never sincere 
Uh, Turning with, his back on God because he said Jesus, he said, you know, God sent him to Jackson State. And yo, so it, I done heard it all from, I done heard it all. And I'm, and, it's, and the sad thing is that the shit that I'm hearing from, I'm pretty sure they never stroked the check to any HBCU at all to contribute to the cause. So, and that's where I was, right? So I get it. And going back to, you know, people being emotionally aware or just situationally aware. There is disappointment, right? Because what Brother Sanders brought to the national stage, the spotlight was put on not just Jackson State, but HBCUs across the map. And when I say that, I'm referring to a lot of the inequities that take place or are housed at the HBCUs, lack of funding, lack of support, lack of sponsors. Um, and, and it was magnified, right? The HBCU experience holistically was magnified, the good and the not so good. Because everyone knows that, you know, it ain't nothing like a HBCU homecoming. Oh no, nah, man! Of course not. Because what black folks gonna do? Like they take pride in their school, and they have this allegiance to the institution or their alma mater. We know that for a fact. Even with PWIs, mm-hmm. I think the difference is everyone's not giving back to HBCUs. Hell, everyone's not giving back to any institution that has served them. And so I I won't say that I empathize. I won't say that I sympathize. I will say I can see where a lot of the disappointment is coming from. And everything doesn't need to be said in a public forum. So there has been a lot of black people bashing Brother Sanders as if the work he didn't do at Jackson State was not monumental. Yo, like it was like it was null and void. You know what I'm saying? Like, bruh. One word. Dude. And it, it it was like he never was the was like when 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 I really thought about the whole entire situation, he gave up half of his salary to help provide resources. For the students. And I mind you, he had a four-year contract at Jackson State, mm-hmm. paying him on an uh, average annual basis $300,000 a year. Yep. Let's say. Now, now, granted, for, for, people, for people that ain't making no money, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Right? For a coach on the collegiate level at a mid-sized public division one school that's probably on the lower end of salaries that's you know what i'm money. saying yeah. let's play money yeah however I, I get it but but it goes back to your that goes back to your point about you know uh hbcus historically being underfunded yeah you know especially if you had a state hbcu which is a little different you know if you had any hbcu that's say not howard howard hampton spellman morehouse 
then chances are likely like you struggling in the given category, you know, as far as like your advancement efforts to raise money for endowments and stuff. And so the wild thing is people saying he sold out. It's like, yo, he Deion Sanders. He got Affleck commercials. He got his podcast. He got, he got, he got, he got way, way more opportunities to make money. So it's not, I don't I don't think his move was about money at all. Well, Keep in mind when before he even took the coaching job at Jackson State, his desire was to be a top coach in on a collegiate level. level. Exactly, and beyond what he did in SWAT, there was no other rank that he could ascend to. Nah, not after not after two. Two SWAC championships. Like, let's let's just give some context. He Dion came to Jackson State in the midst of 2020. Mm-hmm. COVID, civil unrest, George Floyd, all of the stuff that black folks was dealing with at a, a monumental level during that time. And he was intentional. Yeah, he said God wanted me to come here and 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 bring 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 uh my track record to a HBCU. And yo, at the end of the day, that's what he did. Yep. He ain't promised he was going to be there forever. Like, yo, you get sponsorships from uh, Walmart, Under Armour, American Airlines, you know, his players at his players at Jackson State getting NIL deals with Nike, Tom Brady, and, and others. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He, he using his leverage and his connections to, to make sure that they got the appropriate football equipment. To make sure that they got dress clothes to Food. wear on road games. He water. like yo, he water when when Jackson when Jackson Mississippi was going through a water crisis. Like yo, he was spending his own money to make sure his players were right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so, and and because of Deion Sanders at Jackson State, you know, I think more of the wins came off the football field and on it. Oh, absolutely. Just looking at all of his success, because when you think about the time that Dion started at Jackson State and put the spotlight on HBCUs in general, then we got Hugh Jackson um, that used to coach the Browns. He's head coach at Grambling. You got Eddie George, Hall of Fame running back, the coach at Tennessee State. Like bringing, bringing live attention to HBCUs across the board, man. And it, anytime Diddy gets a lifetime achievement award from BET. And he's like, yeah, I want to, I want to thank God. And I want to pledge a million dollars to my alma mater, Howard. And I want to pledge another million dollars to Jackson state because of coach prime. Like I, one man, like that's the thing. I guess that's the thing that's kind of pissing me off a little bit, bro, because black folks, we think one, we think one man going to solve all of our damn problems. Yeah like systemic problems that are really bigger than one man. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of jacked because having worked at an HBCU and understanding the dynamics of how things are the way they are, like, yo, that joint gets draining because if all the pressure falls on that one man to, to bring you, to, to bring you out the wilderness to the promised land. Right. And, and you sitting back and watching, like, yo, that one man, that one man gonna burn out, bro. Yeah. And I don't even think it's Moses that, like, had a breakdown. 
Like for real, like think about that. Moses had a breakdown, man, because yeah. all and, the pressure. <laughs> and I, and I think it, it was it was troubling to me as I was watching and listening. Oh, he's selling out for the bag, and I was like, "Do you know how much more work he can do with the amount of money that he's been given in this new role?" Because I recruiting players, taking care of black coaches, taking care of black players, and I guarantee you, bro, I guarantee you, Jackson State, like he's still going to support what he started. I guarantee you. Um, but just to just to hear some of the comments, it was, it was <laughs> entertaining, but it was also concerning. Dang. Right. And yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, it was some, it was, it was disappointing to me. And I'm just like, wow, we acting. I, I remember there was a pastor once he was preaching. He was like, you know, you got some individuals who, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't like Jesus for who he was. They saw him walking on water. And if they saw him walking on water today, they would have been like, oh, he should have just called an Uber. Right? Negating the work and the power that was there. Someone was like, well, you said God called you here. It was like, yep, but he didn't say he was going to be here for a long time. Like, he... He he never said that. He didn't say... Brother Jay, he he never said he was going to be a lifer at Jackson State or a lifer at HBCUs or a lifer in SWAT. They're going to make this decision, and he was going to die there in that role as an old man because he was going to dedicate the rest of his life to saving an institution that didn't take full advantage of the sponsorship opportunities that were presented to Jackson State. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate because I think think he's done far more for Jackson State and HBCUs collectively – than what people are, are really giving him him credit for. Not to say he need credit, but yeah. you know, let's be real. Deion Sanders don't need to be coaching on the collegiate level, man. He's he's legit one of the top five greatest football players ever. <laughs> to ever to ever walk on the gridiron and put on a pair of cleats. Mm-hmm. He his 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 name and track record speak volumes without coaching. Yeah. So this obviously is something that is a passion of his and something that, you know, God put it on his heart. God might not have said, yo, you're going to stay at Jackson State for 30 years, but I think God put it on his heart to try to be a leader of of, of men and trying to be a positive influence for black men and, and do things for black people, understanding the dynamic. Like, for real, for real, Deion Sanders didn't go to an HBCU. Yeah. Deion Sanders went to Florida State. So the fact of the matter is that he brought his winning track record to the institution and and made it, he left the institution better than how he found it. And that's the only charge that we have as humans, right? That's it. That any space we enter needs to be better because we were there. Yeah. When we leave. Right. And what I see is because he lived in the public, his family life, public, his work, coach, public relationships, public, that inspired and that that there was a there was a shift that took place. And so you had a whole lot of coaches seeing that I don't have to cuss out my players and demean them and belittle them. I don't have to do this. I can pour into these individuals and speak life into these individuals and they will perform greater than what I want them to perform. Right. And so that changed. 
it was also giving individuals like, yo, you know what? We don't have to show up looking the way we look to certain places. If we want to be taken serious, then, you know, sometimes we need to be serious ourselves. And and just the whole entire atmosphere with the football game. Is he going to transmogrify the University of Colorado's athletic department? I believe it. Is it going to look like Jackson State? Not initially. Nah, because the, the, the halftime show not going to be as good. Nowhere close, right? Yeah. But what I, what I will say is I think the energy and the spirit that he took to Jackson State is also going to be at University of Colorado. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And it should because you're in two different spaces. Is he going to be the same person he was at Jackson State in the locker room with his players? I, I'm I'm 100% oh, sure. I, without, without, without a doubt, man. And, I, and, you know, I think one thing that people kind of fail to realize in education, whether you're coaching in the athletics or you're just an administrator on a college campus, like for real, for real, man, to, to really – one, get your worth mm-hmm. and um, to to move up, to have greater influence and impact, whether it be elevation of title and position or what have you, like, yo, you got to move around. Yep. Like, yo, you, man, no, no, no one coach, unless you like Coach K, you know what I'm saying? Coach K coached at Duke for damn near 40 years, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Eddie Eddie Robinson, a longtime Hall of Fame coach for Grambling, coached at Grambling for forty years, and and loved it. But that's an anomaly. Yeah, most coaches they moving around, moving moving one one school to one school, going to the NFL, coming back to college, coaching high school, you know, just to get the opportunity to perfect your craft. Yep. And so, like, I don't see why this man got to be a sellout. For trying to for trying to elevate his coaching game, and wanting the resources to do it successfully. Yeah, I mean, and they, like I remember uh, when you know during a game, someone broke into his the locker room in the oh, coach's yeah, stole office, his stuff. stole yeah. all the stuff, <laughs> right? And he and he said, you know, when I'm talking about like increasing our standards, like it's just not for my players, institution. Why was the building not secure? Why was there like why was anyone able to get access to that? Dion was cutting the grass on the practice fields at Jackson State, man. Yeah, like he had a he had a riding lawnmower and was cutting the cutting the grass because the areas that he needed cut, they didn't have the resources or the staff to do it, so he did it himself. Like, I don't, I don't know what part of that looked like selling out to me, man. <laughs> and it's like, I always ask myself, I remember I was, um, I was working in a local, at a, at a local organization and there were some things happening and I quit. I resigned. I gave him, gave him a month. I said, at the end of the month, I will no longer serve in this capacity. And it was funny because the individuals that knew what I was dealing with, oh, man, you can't go, man. We, we were just getting started, man. We, we need you here, like blah, 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 blah. And I said, and how did you help me while I was here? And I remember I said this in front of one of the senior leaders. And everyone just like, 
I said, and how did you help me while I was here? I said, you came to one event. Whenever I needed you to do X, Y, and Z, I got an excuse. You had to sign off on stuff. You had the keys. You had, like, access to all this stuff, and it was always a process. Oh, well, I got to check with such as all. And, and now, now you're afraid because I'm taking what I could have done here elsewhere. How did you support? Mm-hmm. And we, as a community, we put these unrealistic expectations on people while we continue to sit down on our ass mm. and not Hello. Help. Hello. Now, I was talking to an HBCU alum that was just running their mouth. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to ask a question. Take it how you will. I said, but how have you been supporting HBCUs? They just looked at me. They said, well, you know, I went to one instead of going to a PWI like you. I said, okay, cool. And how have you given back to your institution? Did you you give back to your institution? Let's let's. Did you, did you give back to the United Negro College Fund? Yeah. Did you give back to the Third Good Marshall Fund? That's, like, like real talk, man. <laughs> did you did you pay your student loans at the HBCU? Yeah. Like, like, what have you done for the HBCU network or the the individuals that have come through HBCUs? Like, what have you done beyond wear the shirt and brag that you've gone here every chance you get? Well, I've done more than you, blah, blah, blah. So you know I'm the man with receipts. Mm. So I opened up my Capital One app. And I went down to one account. And I just put it down. Put my phone right in front of them. Scroll. My monthly contributions to HBCUs. Every month, I make a donation to HBCU. I've done that for the past seven years. Scroll. Yeah, those are that's that's not one zero. That's not just two zeros. I said, so now let's have the conversation in terms of your contribution to the HBCUs. What have you done? Because him in two years did more than you did in the six years that it took for you to get your undergrad. Like, do you even show up to help with the community cleanup? Have you mentored anyone from your institution? Like, what have you done? And then with the com- the communities that surround these universities, are y'all showing up to support? Are you, bu- there's, I told someone there should be no reason why an HBCU that is in the community in which it serves there is no reason why every game is not packed. There's no not reason. Not the tailgate. Not the tailgate. The games. The game where you have to purchase a ticket. <laughs> Any type of event that's going on on campus and it's open to the community, there, is, there should be no reason why. But it, no one's willing to invest. They always just want their handout because, oh, they can do X, Y, and Z for us. And then, you know, going back to what I said earlier, unrealistic expectations. We think that, oh, because you're here, you, you, you king now. You, like, you are king, and you're supposed to do everything that we think is supposed to be done because this, mm-hmm. is, this is what we would do, and this is what they need. 
Well, they needed this way before this person got here. What did you they, do to make sure it happened? And Jackson State needed needed help in 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 a spotlight well before for Deion Sanders got there. You know for what I'm years. saying? You know, and this whole concept like one man can save the world. I like I'm like yo, that's 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 this. It's a bit unfair to me. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it's easier it's easier to save the world collectively than putting it on the shoulders of one man and you can burn them the hell out. Yeah. And I get it. Like you said, you you hit you hit a point early in the conversation, man. I understand why people are upset because they're hurt. Yeah. Because it's like, damn, yo, we we we, we had a shining star and we losing it to another institution. I understand it. It's it's the it's the it's the love affair. Yeah. And you're hurt. Yeah. But shit, man. Jobs, jobs come in with seasons. Relationship comes with with seasons. You know what I mean? Like everything man, has an expiration date. Everything got an expiration date. Even your life, bro. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just think like the people that's really mad and aggy with <laughs> no pun intended. Shout out to North Carolina Ant. <laughs> um, but the people that's really aggy with Deion Sanders, man, like yo. Turn that anger into something positive, man. Stroke a check, go volunteer. Shit, man. Help, help a help a student, help a student get a plane ticket home for Christmas break. Buy a book for a semester. Yeah, buy, buy some books for a student for Extend a semester. Extend an invitation man. to some students that live on campus every Sunday for dinner. Yeah, or like, every Sunday to or every Sunday or Saturday to your place of worship to look yeah. out for the youngsters, man. Like do, do something, right? But we we can't. We can no longer be on the sidelines complaining how the coaching is going, right? I said, you know, every game you got players, you got coaches and critics, and critics always say more than the coaches, and many of the critics aren't even qualified to be players. Mm-hmm. Nor have they ever played. And so, like, you don't even have the experience or exposure to tell anyone how to operate in a field that you or a court that you have never even stepped on. And so... We, we have a lot of those. What I am glad about is that Prime has not even given power to the voices of the individuals that are speaking against him. Oh, he, ha- he hasn't. He ha- I mean, he's, he, he's class personified for real, man. You like, know what I mean? There, and there's no point. Like, the naysayers, they're going to talk, right? Yeah. He talked about Jesus, and he still died to save us all, right? And so it's— Judas turned on him, too. Hey. So I mean, it kind of makes sense, man. If, if if people turned on Jesus, then hell, Leon Sanders part for the course. Yeah, and it should be expected. It should be yeah. expected, and it's 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 unfortunate. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, is having those conversations and setting boundaries to where someone got mad at me. I remember because uh, they wanted me to to assist with something, and I told them no. And I was like, oh, were you going to be out of town? No. It's like, well, I don't understand why you're not, why you're not going to help. I said, and I appreciate your confusion. And they just stared at me. I said, am I the only one that is able to do this? Because before you got to my house, I know at least 10 people between your house and my house that you passed that you could have asked. Well, you know, uh, nope. Mm-mm. The answer is no. I don't give in to social obligation. 
So the only obligation I have is to myself. That's it. If I, if I'm not taking care of myself, then I can't take care of other things outside of myself. So no, the answer is no. I'm, you may have an expectation of me. You may want me to do all these things. No. That goes for friend, family, and foe. No. I'm not rising to anyone's expectations. Ain't nobody offering support. Ain't nobody paying these bills. No. Yeah. And, and, and Coach Prime, man, he gave, he gave his time, talent, and treasure. And Temple. To the cause. And Temple. Yeah. Like, he went through some life, life-saving surgery. Oh, yeah, man. He, he like, got two toes amputated. Yes. Like, during that time, man. Like, so the dude, the dude literally gave everything of himself. <laughs> and the issue is, like, he wasn't even getting paid enough to pay for the surgery. Bruh. Only to only to be called a sellout, brother Jay. This is what we do. This is what we do to each other, man. It's why it's some wild shit, bro. We 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 in a we in a strange time, bro. A and, strange time. And that's when that that's when knowing who who's in your village and being gatekeepers to who has access to you, right? You you got to be a gatekeeper to that. Everyone don't get to sit at my table because. <laughs> Hey, they changed like a prostitute changed their draws. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably inappropriate. I apologize. Ah, to listening. Oh, right, but you, you, know, you, you just got to be a gatekeeper. So I, I am, I'm excited for Coach Prime's next level, his new season. I'm excited to see his work continue in a different zip code, in a different region, um, and I'm also excited to see what comes next at Jackson State because this ain't it. This ain't the end. No, nah, it can't be, man. They, 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 you know, if anything, it's a. I think that position is a launch pad for anyone who really wants to take their college coaching career seriously because they gotta, they gotta have a serious program now. Yeah, I mean, you and, take you take the baton and run with it. And I think the beauty about this is, I'm pretty sure that he was training up his successor. Like, he he wasn't gonna have no flukies around him, and so. It'll be nicest if they if they elevate someone that's already on staff to head coach. Um, there may be concerns with optics, but who else is better to do it than the person that already knows the ins and outs of the program? That that and let's be realistic, man. There's only one Deion Sanders, man. Yeah. There's only one prime time. There's only one coach prime. There's a, he's a one of one, bro. Yeah. So you ain't gonna you you ain't gonna go pluck. Deion Sanders off the street. And I think that's why people mad because he a one-on-one. But at the same time, when you a one-on-one, man, like, yo, you, you gotta, you gotta, yo, you gotta let that bird flap his wings and, and, and do what he gonna do. Yep. To have a greater impact. That's prime timing right there, man. Prime timing. Yeah. You know, pun intended. <laughs> yo, but um, with that, man, uh, the holiday seasons are in full effect, man. And, um, you know, we hope everybody is, is, is safe and prosperous this holiday season, but I definitely want to send a special, special thank you. If anybody on earth with an F, <laughs> if anybody on earth has ever downloaded, uh, our podcast, attended an event, purchased a shirt, shared our social media content, Shouted us out, 
laughed, cried, or even got angry and mad at something we said on the podcast, man. We just thank everybody uh, for supporting our endeavors over the last, uh, damn, four years? Yeah. That's crazy. Over Come, the last four years, Coming up man. on four. Coming up on four. Yeah, coming up on four years, man. And um, we we have officially crossed the 10,000 download mark. Yes, sir. And so we thank everybody for uh, streaming us and, and shouting us out and loving on us, man. And uh, if if you are in a country that we haven't been, but you listen to our podcast, we thank you tremendously. And we thank, uh, we thank our, our members of the village from the west side to the east side. Southbound, New York, Canada, all over the globe, man. We just, we just so grateful and appreciative of um, the support that you've given the Game Recognized Game podcast um, over the last few years, and uh, we definitely just want to wish you well, and uh, we hope that you just have a, a great holiday season, man, and you get respite and, and joy and peace and all of the good stuff that uh, we aspire to bring you. So. With that being said, Brother Jay, it's always a pleasure. My man, until next time, take care of yourself. And uh, as my mother would say, don't take no wooden nickels, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try to not cuss nobody out for the rest of the holiday season, man. That's it's going to be a goal. tough. That's a good yeah, goal. It's going to be a tough, it's gonna be a tough, uh, tough hill to climb for me. But at any rate, You've just witnessed another edition of the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution, where evolution is revolution. Until next time, be light. Be light.